Welcome to the Eating Cast. I'm Chris. And I'm Vincent. Today we have two lovely guests, King Marie. Hey. And Lockie Siap from hey. Chicago Asian Network. Yes. Lockie here from Chicago Asian Network. All right. Welcome, 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 welcome. So Vince. Yes. What do we got to eat today? You stopped by Shorma Inn, right? Yes, I did. Chicago's corner for Middle Eastern food? Middle Eastern food. Middle Eastern food. Yes. The right. best, in my opinion. You got chicken. Uh, yeah. Chicken plates, right? Yep. Chicken all corner plates all around. All right. With the good old ooh, classic lentil soup. Ooh. Wow. I haven't eaten all day. It's like opening a present. Oh, <laughs> exactly. It's huge. You're right. Yup. Very good, very good. All right. Cheers, everyone. First bite of the day. Mm-hmm. Actually, first meal of the day for me, too. Awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> what are we going to... How do I do this? All right. Um, so. Well, let's just dive right into it. Okay. Um, so, so we'll just call you Christine. Is that fine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christine, King Marie, <laughs> King yeah, Marie. I'll, I'll, how, how should we say this? All, all of the above. All of the above. Yeah, I um, listen to, to any of it, so whatever you're comfortable with. So I guess we could start with, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, yeah. what you're all about. Um, so I am a local artist. Um, I'm from the northwest side of Chicago, born and raised. Okay. Um, Which part under, of the northwest side? Uh, so added Addison and Cicero. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's hard because okay. I never. It's everyone always has like a area mm-hmm. or a neighborhood to claim, but I just was I don't know. Addison and Cicero doesn't really fit into <coughs> Portage Park, Belmont Craigan, um, Old Irving Park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just claim streets. Um, <laughs> but That's yeah, um, I am a singer, DJ, creative director. Um, a model kind of do a little bit of everything creative um, so yeah anything that falls under that anything that's really in the realm of like what I think up um, I try and just make happen mm-hmm. um, but yeah I am also the founder of Philippine X and this is what Asian looks like and my annual benefit sneaker drive uh, for the kids what is for the kids is for uh, so basically the oh it's a sneakers drive yes yeah, it's okay. a sneaker drive um, it's also I do um, like a silent auction I get a lot of my friends involved I feel like artists don't necessarily always know how to give back to the community so mm-hmm. I try and give them a platform um, to either donate their services their art um, try to get like local businesses involved to mm-hmm. um, give gift cards um, etc and then have all that money uh, be donated to a different um, nonprofit of choice, local nonprofit mm. that helps the youth uh, through art or music. Nice. You said you're a creative director of uh, and founder of Philippine X. Yes. And well, creative director for in general. Okay. Um, but yes, founder of Philippine X. So I want to know more about that. What is Philippine X? Um, so Philippine X basically started. Last year, um, it was just an idea I had in regards to just putting more focus um, on Filipino people, you know, Um, and obviously X to be inclusive to all people. So it doesn't have to have the the feminine or masculine um, Mm -hmm. ending. Yeah. But really just a focus for Filipino creatives um, in in you know my lifetime majority of 
the people that are the most talented and just maybe it's because I'm also Asian is you know Asian people so mm-hmm. you know but you know I think it's just it's it's uh, we don't live currently in a world where we're thought of first or ever or at all so yeah. you know I think it's you know it was my obligation it just felt like an obligation to me to if I was going to have a platform to do the right thing to mm-hmm. make sure that other um, people that are my not only my friends but you know all people um, especially in the Midwest you know like we were talking about earlier like each coast already has um, so much representation and so much opportunity and even though there's a lack of you know they still have what we don't in the Midwest mm-hmm. so um, you, you know like how we were saying it's it's really just gonna take a few steps and like you know start start with people to catch on and then hopefully that just inspires more and more people mm-hmm. to want to build and then it, we just have a bigger community and a bigger network um, so Philippinex started as um, just an event I just wanted to celebrate uh, Filipino people so this is what Asian looks like in Philippinex kind of like go hand in hand um, and it started this is what Asian looks like started a year before and it started as a photo shoot so mm-hmm. me kind of just like getting a group of my Asian friends um, together so something that can be understood by everyone mm-hmm. so the power of having people stand together in solidarity through a photo um, was really my aim and then it turned into um, this is what Asian looks like has still been a photo shoot campaign and I threw a party as well during um, Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Yeah, she got last, right. <laughs> nice, nice. last year. Um, Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Yeah, yes. there's so many. There's, there's a lot. So, yeah. so I want us to like try and figure out. I don't know. I just feel like it gets confusing too because each year I feel like it changes or mm-hmm. there's additional hashtags. <laughs> There, there's always an addiction. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, it just keeps growing. But that's does, a great, that's a good a great thing. thing. Yeah, mm, yeah you know. and people are claiming, you know, who they are and what they are. You know, we're, we're islanders, so yeah. we should be addressed you, as such. Do you think that helps or breaks the community? Because, like, when we try to add more, like, um, identifiers, I guess, more um, cat labels, or, like, do you, mm. know, you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. I feel like... It's good that we're exposing them and like we're getting more exposure, but I feel like sometimes people be like, "Oh, I only claim this, so mm-hmm. the rest can just go screw off." Yeah, I don't know if it's that. I think it it does get more confusing because, you know, like I said, the the outside people don't even understand the difference between Asian countries, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To them, like we all look the same, but so then it. And then between us, it also then it also gets confusing because I'm like, damn, I didn't use that hashtag last year, you know, when I tried to put this this campaign out. But let me exactly. So I think it there should be an overall one to just kind of like explain that it's Asian History Month in mm-hmm. general for all Asian people who say that they're Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, and then for October. Filipino American History mm-hmm. Month, yeah. It's also... I need to learn about that because I'm a quarter Filipino now. <laughs> there, there you go, you know, there you now go. you know. <laughs> um, but also, no one knows that, right? Yeah. The, I'd say the Filipino community knows it. That's the one time I've been doing community work for so long, so my network has always been within the community. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's like the one time where Filip- 
well, there's actually, Filipinos always have a party, right? They always find a reason to have right. a party, mm-hmm. right? June for Philippine Independence Day celebration, May for uh, Asian Pacific American Heritage mm-hmm. Month, February for the Lunar New Year, and then October for Filipino American uh, History Month. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, back during the Obama administration, a lot, of, even the Obama administration would celebrate Filipino American History Month by getting Filipino leaders from around mm. the, the nation to come to the White House and celebrate it with, with the White House. Um, that was through the White House initiative through Asian American Pacific Islanders. Uh, but we don't need to talk about this current administration. Right, right, right. right. Um, we'll see that for clearly, we'll clearly that's not happening in the White House. There is no, no administration. No, no, no. There, I'll, I'll be, uh, so there was, actually, there, they tried to, I, and I got to go, but it was just sad. Um, yeah, the... Just yeah. So yeah. it's just different for each person. Yeah. The beauty, I mean, that's beautiful. I think a lot of what I do in terms of um, me being first generation Filipino American is that there's a lot of disconnect in terms of how I understand being Filipino and how I understand being American. I've I think like all the way up until my career now, I've realized that, you know, I've just been in search of, you know, so I I really haven't had a Filipino community, you know, to what I understand. So I think that's why, for me, it's like, when I do for the community, it's because this is the version of what I needed when I was younger. I didn't have an art or music community of, mm-hmm. um, Asian people, you know, so I think it's beautiful that, the, like, my friend, I have, you know, uh, friends in AFIRE who yeah. are very much so in the Shout world. out to AFIRE. For those yes. who don't know AFIRE, that's the Alliance of Filipino Immigrant uh, Rights and Empowerment. Oh, uh, Michael Guhar, Mark Calaguas, and their, uh, their former founder and executive director, Tito Jerry Clarito, he's... Like he's one of those community OGs who's always just been involved. That's awesome. Yeah, but going back to fire, just Um, to give our people. So there are there are existing communities, right? But that doesn't necessarily speak to me, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's like I I have done a lot. Like I've gone to Springfield and Mm -hmm. um, you know fought with them for our rights, and you know. But it's not necessarily like what moves me you know Mm -hmm. so I want to try and change that through the arts and through music and so um, yeah I think that's kind of my angle in terms of how I I would want to build my Filipino community and I mean the beautiful part is that we can you know somehow tie it all together and you know have that be strength in numbers but yes um, yeah I think it's that's really just what it was I I've the more I do for the community the more it does back for me. The more I find out what um, being Filipino means to me, I think I resented being Filipino for a really long time, just because I didn't necessarily understand it, you know. And I was like, I'm not like them. Mm-hmm. I'm not like. Um, like, do you speak Tagalog? What is it? I like? understand Tagalog fluently. I can um, put sentences together. I can respond. You know, it takes me a little bit. I, I definitely can if. If it was full conversation, I can understand. Um, which you know, which my brothers can't and don't know any. You know, they mm-hmm. just know bad words and numbers. But, um, <laughs> the only important part. It was more just like I just didn't. 
it was more of the it was the same thing more of the connection and I think mm-hmm. the beautiful part of what I've been able to do is that I've just always been for everybody you know growing up on the north side there's every kind of culture right mm-hmm. so you know we've had the privilege of being able to you know learn from different cultures we're eating Middle Eastern food you know mm-hmm. and I think it's it's just that you know the older I get the more I come across how different sides of the city didn't have the same privileges as we did and you know now I'm able to connect to different communities mm, okay. um, and understand different communities and you know try and segue to where they can understand mine where it's uh, a welcoming gesture of you know being like hey you know like my culture is really dope too you know like you like who I am like this is who I am this is also part of who I am so you know having like other black and brown communities come to a Filipinx party and enjoy mm-hmm. at the same extent as you know my Filipino people or you know my Asian people like that's been the the biggest reward for me yeah it's all about building each other up too I feel exactly. like in the past lucky we were in Chris we were all just yeah. talking um like the traditional heads they were very trying to like keep to themselves right and then they're really segregated mm-hmm. yeah. very segregated and that's why there's like communities or pockets of communities all around Chicago and yeah, like the neighboring um, suburbs. Yeah. And they all just kept to themselves just because yeah. of that whole fear of like kind of wanting to connect, right? Like um, obviously we are right now, right? As the younger generation, mm-hmm. but the older generation, you know, through like just turmoil and just kind of war torn areas, mm-hmm. right? All throughout Southeast Asia and like Asia in general, when they came here um, from their sponsorships, they just stuck with their own people because they were like, mm-hmm. I know these guys are good right. and I know these guys are bad because right. they're the ones that instigated certain conflicts, mm-hmm. but that's not how the world really works, right? Because yeah. each individual person is different, is different mm-hmm. compared to like what one nation did to mm-hmm. another one, right? Yeah. That's why I, have, I give like such huge respects to like artists like you to try and do that, right? Unity, power numbers kind of thing. Um, and then just like platforms like Chicago Asian Network, mm-hmm. right? Just yeah. kind of bridging people, bridging communities. Um, and then, well, a question for you is like, what did you see in the pa- in the past, present, and what do you hope to see in the future in terms of the Asian communities? Um, that's, that's a good one. one. Yeah, yeah. Really good question. Dang, you just blew my brain. Right. Yeah. That's a three part question. Three part so. question. <laughs> well, you take it in a conversation. Yeah. 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 I mean, let's stick, curi- let, why don't we? Why don't we stick? Why don't we start off with the past first? Of yeah. like, because. You were saying how you wanted, um, you were creating this space for somebody who, like, like for somebody like you, who you wish you had this for you when you were mm-hmm. growing up. Yes. What was it like growing up? Did you always know you wanted to be an artist and a musician? Yes. I think, you know, I think whatever you're good at when you're a child ends up being your true passion of what you really want to do when you're an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes it changes, right? But I've always been like, different I've always been you know being different was what made me tick I was like oh you like that let me like this you know it I just wanted to find so much uniqueness that I was always just going to be myself and I have two older brothers I come from a musical family as well so I have two older brothers that are also DJs my mom yeah it's I always forget this part um because it's normal to me, but it's not a normal situation. Like, to have an entire musical family. Like, my mom came to America. Um, she's a singer, so she came to America in a traveling band. Um, 
and she got to tour, you know, nice. the world and the states. And um, yeah, I mean, that's really where we get it from. You know, my mom raised three DJs, and I always wanted to be just like my mom and sing. And you know, it's it's all kind of full circle now. I think growing up, when I said I didn't have, I just we we didn't right like there was no one that looked like me on tv there was no one like me and uh i mean jocelyn enriquez was probably the only one right she Mm -hmm. was probably the only one who um but it wasn't it but it didn't like there no one was like screaming that she was filipino like Mm -hmm. people who were filipino knew she was filipino but to everyone else they just knew she was asian but my one of my best friends um, just did a piece, um, and I was I'm so honored to even just be considered to be in the same sentence with Jocelyn Enriquez, but on you know women in pop culture and like mm-hmm. learning about how much she struggled. You know we are now 20 years later, and mm-hmm. you know we're still kind of in the same boat. There's still no full Asian woman who is in pop culture. Um, and there's so many that are in pop culture that are half part yeah. and are not saying that they are. Or even mm-hmm. just there's so many who are just behind the scenes. Yeah. Right. 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 Like I know you were recently DJing um, ComplexCon mm-hmm. and I happen to know that the producer of ComplexCon, um, buddy of mine, Miles Canares, is actually Filipino. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Right? That blew my mind too. I was like, what? Yeah. That's but, like, say that that's, but that's the thing, right? Yeah. At, at the same time. It's only now that you're seeing. It's not where we'd like it to be, but you're you're seeing that there's steps moving right. towards mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And especially after Crazy Rich Asians. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like that was the first time, at least for Chicago Asian Network, we've been hustling and grinding in the Asian community, talking yeah. to like corporations, advertisers, because mm-hmm. they've always been doing advertising and outreach. They're doing a lot of Latino outreach and mm-hmm. African American outreach. But when we talk to them about, hey why don't you do Asian American outreach? At first, they're like, nah, we don't really see, we don't really see like the, the need for it, it yeah. the benefit for it. Yeah. And then crazy rich Asians happen, right? <clears throat> and then they realize, wow, we've been ignoring this community for so long, for so many years. Mm-hmm. And they happen to now be the fastest growing minority yeah. with the highest household income yeah. wow. and a high educational level, yeah. right? So it, it now say it again I'm sorry say it again <laughs> they're, well so they have they're the fastest growing minority yes with the highest household income yes and the high educational level yes let's you go, go Asian people let's yeah, go right? let's go <laughs> so now it's I think all the more we should have more Asian American leaders in different industries right Absolutely. I agree not just media and I entertainment agree. and sure. the arts right yeah. but more Asians in politics and government mm-hmm. yes right more Asian Americans in corporate America yep like the, this one statistic blew my mind like how in terms of law school applicants um, around 20% of law, uh, law uh, around 20% of law students are Asian American yet only uh, 1% make partner at a law firm hmm. wow that are Asian American so just stuff like that where you see that there is an, there is that that imbalance but that's I also feel that's because within our culture like our parents are you know sometimes also teach us you know don't don't speak up, you know, just work yeah. hard. Don't, don't, disrespect, don't disrespect Don't disrespect and don't disrespect that's others crazy. or just don't, you know, yeah. don't don't rock the boat, right? right? And that's why we've always been that, you know, that model minority where we just keep quiet, keep our head down, work hard. Mm-hmm. But then look where it's 
yes, we, we have a lot of us end up becoming successful in our own way, but we don't yeah. end up being leaders. The big picture. But right? you know, that's also why I hate that term, like model minority. Absolutely. Because right? in reality, right, in retrospect to that, it's like, there's nothing really like yeah like we're good at so and so things right we do have like the highest like um, family income growth but at the same time it's not like we're really all that perfect like the media and like other people like tends to put us as right we have a lot of flaws like within our own communities and within our own like cultures yeah. right like there's good and there's also bad absolutely just, like in every other like you know sub subsect of different cultures across the board mm-hmm. you know so to have that kind of like label on us is like putting us on a pedestal and kind of like grooming us to be like a dog, in my opinion. Mm. That's how I feel about that. I So I look at it like we're non-existent, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like society looks at us like, oh, they're not threatening. They're meek people. They don't talk pack. So that's why we don't have to worry about them. My thing is, it's like I always just – I. A, it was never raised like that. It was like, you know, like, if if something is wrong, then say something, you know, like, speak up, like, um, and maybe it's, you know, beneficial that I had two older brothers as well, who were never going to let, you know, their little sister get walked over, you know, so I think... A lot of fights happened in school, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Throw uh, hands. You know what? I've never fought. I've never fought. Really? You've never you know? been in a fight ever? Uh, I've broken up fights and, like, you try, like, I was always that person and, like, have gotten hit a few times Mm -hmm. but never on purpose that was just because I was in the middle of it but I think it was more or less I wanted to make sure that I could be the voice for people that were scared to speak and I'm sure you can attest Mm -hmm. for the same thing where it's just like you know that's why I was like yeah if I get this platform if I have a platform then everybody's gonna have this platform Mm -hmm. you know like I'm always going to have to fight and I get it. My whole life, I've always just had to fight for being the tomboy, for having my hair look different, for, you know, speaking different, for, yeah. you know. Um, and the deeper I get into my career, the more I've realized, you know, like, me just breathing is going to offend somebody. So I can't make everyone happy, and I'm going to drive myself crazy trying to. But, you know, as long as I know that I'm trying to do the better thing and the right thing, that that's all I really need. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think... Asian people deserve to be seen, you know? I, I had this this conversation with my boyfriend this morning where, you know, trying to, like, think of the next Philippines for October. And, you know, last year it was over four hours, over 700 people came. Um, nice. 17 different visual artists and photographers were showcased. Mm-hmm. It was an all-Filipino DJ lineup. There was um, a Filipino food truck. Tendwai, Filipino Rum sponsored the event. Mm. Um, there was four, four or five different uh, Filipino vendors, mm-hmm. owned businesses. Uh, so, when talking about this one, you know, it was hard to try and think of it to be different. And he was like, "Well, why don't you, um, you know, why don't you not do a party and have it be, you know, like a social campaign or, you know, try and do something different and have it have, you know, a different kind of impact. And, you know, initially I was like, yes, I would love it to have a different kind of impact, but I cannot take away a party. Like I, I refuse to take away the ones, we get one celebration a year. And if this is the one that I throw and people are looking forward to it, I'm not gonna not give it to them, you Mm -hmm. know? But I was like, but I want 
the light. I want it to be lit. I want them to see our faces. I want them to know that we are, that we all don't look the same, that we're all different shades of brown, that we're all dressed different and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that, right? Like they try and mask us, right? To yeah. like be like the model citizen or like the, just the, the non-threatening group of people. Whereas it's like, you know, people are people. Like, you know, there's some threatening Asian people. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Not- you know, there's Asian gangs. There's all of it. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, in society standards, it's like, I'm just tired. I'm tired of not being recognized. I'm tired mm-hmm. of um, people who do get the platform and, mm-hmm. you know, have a Lola are not celebrating mm-hmm. their Lola. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you, you should be so proud to be half Asian, quarter Asian, 10% Asian, whatever it is. Like 25% 25% Filipino. <laughs> uh, shout out 23 me. Hey, <laughs> yeah. But, but there's actually yeah. like a, a funny thing about that though. It's like um, kind of going back a little bit, right? To like when Crazy Rich Asians like first came out, right? And kind of like seeing that this whole disconnect, right? And just kind of like us being like kind of behind the scenes as well as kind of like getting more traction on like the big screen, right? Mm-hmm. And like actual media. It's like, Vince actually brought this up like uh, last week, sometime last week, about, about uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, the about screen, how the, the screenwriters. Screen, yeah, yeah, so the Malaysian oh, yeah. screenwriter paying 100,000 mm-hmm. and then the white guy, 800,000. Yeah. He, that's he quit, times. right? What? Didn't you no, quit? No, she, she quit. quit. Oh, she, she quit. quit. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I love her even more. Yeah. Yeah, but then it started getting like in major news. It started like Mm -hmm. being spread around. Yeah, some people were like, "Oh, that that's just how Hollywood is." I'm like, "No, like, sure, experience like you get paid more for experience, but that is a huge disparity." Yeah, like gap is huge. Just eight. How do you justify that, right? They're both screenwriters, Mm -hmm. right? They both probably like roughly. I I don't know how old they were or how long they've been doing it, Mm -hmm. but I'm gonna assume pretty close. Okay. Yeah. And if they are pretty close, it's like, dude, that's like seven hundred grand no. difference. No. There's no. There's no yeah. justification for that. I mean, good for her. Uh, <clears throat> unless they they both either negotiated their salaries or not, right? Mm. But that's still very. I mean, that's still no, that's very a big far big skew, right? But there. it's a good thing that she spoke up though. Right. She did. Then now we now we know that shit happens, you know, especially in that realm. Well, I mean, we had an idea, but. Seeing it, mm-hmm. yes, take care of it. So I also find myself to be the only woman in the room a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of the time. You know, there's, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I call myself king. But, you know, I've just always really felt comfortable around men and that I can always, you know, hold my own. But, I mean, you know, that's also um, just to stay on topic, you know, women still in, in any in the in our country mm-hmm. don't get paid the same mm-hmm. amount mm-hmm. as men so you know that's also part of what i want to do in my lifetime just so that my you know future the future yeah. um my future ancestry is just able to so these little girls can work hard and be chosen mm-hmm. you know for their skill set mm-hmm. and be paid equally um so yeah good for her she's yeah, for sure Seven hundred thousand. That's a lot. Seven hundred thousand dollar pay gap. <laughs> That's a big one. Um, so, with that being said, with your um, 
your recognition now, your influence, your power, so to speak, and this platform that you created for yourself, what do you hope to achieve? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, you rough, briefly said for the future, right? Yeah. For your kids or any other girls. When I, when I think about, I don't know, I've, I think about, you know, the 35-year-old me, the 40-year-old me, and my 50s and so forth. And honestly, in my lifetime, for me to feel like I've succeeded, I want a Grammy and a Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever that happens along the way. And of course, you know, to be a mom, to be able to experience motherhood and um, to just continuously put out art. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think my calling is to do music for sure. I think I've never doubted that, but I think it's also to be able to use music um, to heal and to help people so when I say like you know having a platform and like that's you know I think people understand the concept of me being an artist and a DJ and a singer but no one sees like the back end of all the production that I you know that I do to put these events on you know I don't even say that I do the production you know like it just the event happens and people are enjoy it you know but no one sees the organization or like you know me hand dyeing my merch um so that it's more special it's like i i pretty much have a hand on everything that i do just because i'm that kind of artist Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's hard to understand a like creative direct creative director is just like a very vague title Mm -hmm. of like but it's the only thing that kind of fits under the fits the umbrella of what I do in general. It's like, yes, I model, but I'm also on the back end of styling other artists and doing their makeup and their hair and, you know, giving them the full direction and telling the videographer and the photographer, you know, what angles I want and, you know, at what shutter speed I want it to look like and giving them references and mood boards and um, organizing the schedule and, you know, so it's like, how a full agency would mm-hmm. run, you know, I feel yeah. like I'm, I play a lot of those hats. So it's really hard to, and then, you know, I, I don't say that often because it's, you know, it's not what people think of me first. So it's easy for me to be like, yeah, I do music. You know, like, okay. You so generalized. Have though. you listened to yeah. music? You know, like, but that's what I want people to do. And for me to like have to like force feed all of it, then it gets overwhelming and then people just don't really know how to receive me. So, mm. You know, I think overall, I just want to live a life that makes me happy, A, but to use all of my skills um, to be able to help. Mm-hmm. So however mm-hmm. I can help. I'm very empathetic, and sometimes it's it's my, you know, softest part of me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so sometimes it, it works... Majority of the time it works in my favor because I just feel for people always. But, um, yeah, I just want I just want to look back when I'm a Lola, you know, and be like, I did that. Mm-hmm. I did that. I opened the doors for everyone to be able to, to do this mm-hmm. easier. You know, I, I made sure that every day I was alive I could do something for others. <clears throat> Um, even if it was like doing for myself first, it's because I'm able to do for others mm-hmm. yeah. after. Okay. 
So it's kind of like it's in a sense showing the world that you know you did something like you achieved pretty much like your goals and aspirations Mm -hmm. but it's also like for an instance like you were saying like how like as the Lola right it's which is grandmother yeah those grandmother (laughs) those who are unaware um you want to be able to have kind of like like that middle ground where it's kind of like hey like to like you know whether it's your aunts like um, your grandchildren or your children right that's kind of coming up and even just like the individuals who are like lost right during that time it's like hey i've done it this is kind of how i did it and they can see that it's achievable right because you did do it Mm -hmm. you know and so we give them that extra motivation to kind of like go out there achieve something that everyone says that they're crazy they shouldn't do it right kind of like for instance like us right with this podcast yeah you know i was like everyone's saying like you're not gonna make it you know you got joe rogan out there making like so many like moves it's like you're not you're just you're just gonna be like in his shadow the whole time it's like but that's the benefit of it right it's the fact that we're passionate about something where we want to spread awareness right for instance like we want to bring a bigger lens right to chicago or to the midwest right and so the world around us right can see like oh hey there's something here in chicago not just the east coast Mm -hmm. or the west coast canada and like you know towards the south there's something here, you know, and when we bring that bigger lens, right, more people will then gravitate towards us, mm-hmm. you know, and I like to use the analogy a lot just because I'm like a history geek and whatnot. So Chicago, back in the day, right, um, was a central hub for all shipments because all the trains, all the train tracks came into here. Yeah, wow. this was the central exactly. city. Yeah. This was the central city where distribution from the east, west, north, south. This all, is where everything happened. Yeah, Exactly. So because everything came here back in the day by train, they had to go on the next tracks, right, to then go continue on to wherever they got to go, right? That was in the past, and now kind of like bringing this new lens or this new um, kind of light to Chicago, we want to bring more people here, right? Whether they're creatives as like cinematographers, uh, videographers, mm-hmm. music producers, um, painters, dancers, and mm-hmm. the like, and as well as just People that are in like other professions as lawyers, doctors, mm-hmm. you know, accountants, just entrepreneurs, right? On so that everyone's able to kind of come back here and be like, "Hang on, I don't gotta go to the East Coast to find a yeah. director that I want." There's a beacon or a in Chicago, exactly. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. bringing up a beacon in Chicago is kind of like where we're trying to head. Well, well, to add to that too, when like so when we do a lot of, for example, Asian American brand activation, yeah. advertising, and Every time we talk to our clients, it's they are always focused on New York mm-hmm. or LA, right, mm-hmm. or like or Seattle, right. These are yeah. like our San Fran, like these are the tier. They call them the tier one cities, mm-hmm. where there's um, high populations of of Asian Americans. Um, Chicago does have a large Asian American population, mm-hmm. but like we mentioned, it is it is fragmented, it is segregated. But there are tons of Asian American creatives mm-hmm. out here, mm-hmm. right. Um, like DJ DJ wise also right you have like DJ Flipside from the Jump Smokers B96 but he's worked with uh, Pitbull Enrique Iglesias Enrique Iglesias Snoop Dogg right mm-hmm. um, there's there's a lot of creatives out here uh, yeah. but sometimes the, the focus has I agree the focus has always just been East or West Coast, yeah, and I I admire you for doing this because I think it it's time to put 
but Chicago yeah. back on the map because there are so many creatives yeah. here. Yeah. But we just they just don't have the platform, mm-hmm. which is great that there's like the Eating Cast and Chicago Asian Network that's trying to build that platform to showcase and highlight mm-hmm. these these different Asian Americans, whether yeah. they be artists, creatives, politicians, corporate mm-hmm. corporate people. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's first taking that step to actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said before, too, it's like micro speed where it's fast. Micro is fast, right? We're putting all this work behind the scenes um, out there or not. But then macro, right? Big picture is slow. So as long as you have patience and you have people putting in work and you have these people that are willing to build each other up instead of cutting each other down, um, then it's going to show big picture. It's going to be like, yeah. this is what we're all about. Yeah, you know? definitely. So Yeah, that's the one thing the community needs to stop to do is uh, stop doing is that the... Sometimes, especially I've, I've worked with the older generation. Is there's just a lot of shit talking in our community, oh my God. and especially, <laughs> especially yeah, in the stories. Filipino community. I'll especially. tell you this: there's this concept called crab mentality. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with no, crab no mentality? Idea. Okay, so imagine. Do you want to explain it? No. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just, like, it. Just, she's just like acting she's out of crab. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so. Crab mentality. Imagine a um, a bunch of crabs in a bucket. Mm-hmm. Right? They're newly caught crabs. They're trying to escape the bucket. So these crabs are climbing on top of one another, um. and now about to like get to the top to escape yeah. the bucket. But just as one crab is about to escape the bucket, the other crab brings that crab down. Mm. Right. Mm. So essentially, no crab gets to actually exit the bucket because right. all they're doing is trying to one up each other or try to get a. If one person tries to succeed, they end up either getting envious or jealous where they end up uh, trash-talking them or trying to see what they can do to, to bring them down instead of lift okay. them up. And look yeah. what happens. They all get thrown in the hot pot. Yeah. <laughs> and they taste really <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, but uh, if you dig deeper, though, like Filipinos are like, man, crab mentality, this. But it also goes back to our when you say history, yeah. our history actually of colonialism, yeah. right? This, the Philippines was um, a Spanish colony, right, back in the 1500s. And what Spain did was, uh, being the Fil- Philippines being a bunch of different islands, what Spain did so that the Philippines would not revolt is they actually instilled it in the Filipinos to say, oh, you're better than them, right? The What they would do is every time they would oh, conquer so these bad. islands, they would always say like, oh, you're better than you, you people. You people in this island, you're better than them, right? Oh. You're better than them. So essentially, they were making us fight against one another, so we couldn't join forces and revolt against the Spaniards. That's yeah. so tricky, but such a smart move by them. Yeah, it is, but if you you yeah. think about it now, it's it's um, now like a lot of Filipino Americans and historians are saying that because of that, that has you know passed down from generation to generation yeah. and it's been ingrained in our culture yeah. right. right it's one of the negative things in our culture that i think our generation is trying to reverse yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because it's automatically like like you'll have some titos or titas like uncles and aunties are just like oh you're 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 cebuano and we're tagalog we're better than you you yeah. know and i'm just like yo we're, why the hostility we just met and you're already you're already starting to think you're superior mm-hmm. to them so even not just within the entire asian community but even within a subgroup of the asian community yeah. within the filipino community itself there's that regionalism right mm-hmm. there's yeah i this year um a 
the creative there's so many creative people with so many creative Asians in mm-hmm. Chicago right but when I started this is what Asian looks like I started in LA so clearly there's more Asian people in mm-hmm. on the West Coast right yep. mm-hmm. and the East Coast so there was more diversity in regards to skin tones this year every year I'm always trying to find you know at least one Korean person at least one J- Japanese person to find Japanese people in Chicago also is just not it's a task. That's a task. Really? It's easy for us. Just reach out to Chicago Asian Network. Okay, we got, I got you. you. Got I you. mean, this, right. But see, it's beautiful because now our, our networks are expanding, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm very grateful for what, you know, all of you do because, you know, I, I didn't know, you know. So it was me trying to find within my own network the people that I think were fitting for what I wanted to do, right? So it's more important to me to find someone that represents each Asian country as many as I could. Um, and it was the first time that we did it indoor, so it wasn't natural sunlight, so there was a flash. And coincidentally, we are all about the same skin tones, even in this room, in the same range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got backlash for it because they said that I didn't find, um, I didn't find the diversity. The right? diversity, yeah. and for me, it was like I couldn't. You know, also, that's why I had to also say, like, I, I can't make everyone happy. No. Hopefully, by me doing this photo shoot, it inspires you to do a photo shoot that you think fits what you think Asian people look like. Because for me, it's just like, I wanted to just find my Asian friends that are doing for their communities um, mm-hmm. and leading their communities and, you know, give them a platform and who aren't models, you mm-hmm. know, who, who but would love to be in a photo shoot, you know, yeah. so... That's kind of where I was coming from, but just to touch on to go back to what you were saying, it's like, you know, there's, there's colorism, there's, it's there's so there's deep. so many yeah, it's so deep when it comes down to it, and you know, I think especially with Filipinos, um, talking shit, I think it's, we can curse, right? yeah, okay. no um, filter, no, no filter, right. <laughs> um, I think it's, you know, and like you know, elder there's elders that are definitely racist you know what I mean like fully racist Mm -hmm. um and you know I agree I think we are just in we are able to live in a time where we have the internet right we have um there there wasn't this many interracial couples or babies you know at their time it's just we are just living in a different time also Mm -hmm. like you know, going through, I, I, and maybe that's just a reach, but like going through 9-11, like being a child or, or you know, like a preteen in nine, during 9-11 and understanding how the how the country had to help each other go through, because we all went through it, mm-hmm. you know, when I remember when Trump became elected, it was like, you could hear a pin drop. It was like, Every, mm. everywhere was just so, didn't know how to understand or take it. It was so quiet, you know, because we all felt the same way. And so I think that's it. Like, we just have more knowledge. You know, we're just a more educated uh, group of people. And that's why we want to try and do things together so mm-hmm. that we can build together and change things. And we're, we're trying to change the cycle. We really are trying to change the cycle. Like, I've, you know, dating, my boyfriend is um, Mexican and El Salvadorian, and so, 
you know, we have a lot of, and there's a lot of similarities within the cultures, right? But, you know, we, we explain a lot to each other in regards to our, our, um, our backgrounds. And, you know, I've, now I've understood that when I was younger, I, you know, my mom would hit me and she would tell me to stop crying but I was crying because she was hitting me, you know? So it's, but it's like, you weren't allowed to stop say, crying. Yeah, stop crying. Exactly. I'll give you something oh to cry about. Right. But it was you like, are. you, but you had to, I had to hold in my cry yeah. for her to stop hitting me. And it was like, you know, it's beautiful because like he, learning about how he grew up and his, his parents are much younger than, than mine. And, you know, they talk they talk about how they feel. They sit at the table and talk about how they feel. Like, I don't think I've ever sat down with my mom. Mm. I mean, maybe in my older years now, like, no. being able to talk to my mom about things, you know, but yeah. it was like, why are you crying? It's just a game. Like, it's just a sport. And I'm like, this sport means everything to me, you know? Like, mm-hmm. where it's just like, I had to contain my feelings so much when I was younger that now when I'm older, I'm like, I will never hold in how I feel. I'm yeah. going to let, you know, especially the people closest to me know how I feel because they they deserve it. I deserve it. We all need to figure out, you know, and I think more people are going to therapy as well, yeah, you know, and understanding that it's a benefit and it's a privilege and everyone should have it. It should be free. But, mm. you know, I think it's, it's just breaking the cycle, you know. It's it's starting with us, right? We're we're trying to do something different. We're saying we're doing what everyone says we can't do and won't be successful at. And you know, the more we do, the more we find other people who are doing the same thing, who want the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I think it's I think it's amazing. Um, you know, until like I said, like there's there's very there's there's so many. And there's so many men, and you know, I'm so grateful for for the men that are allies that want to do um, for everyone, you know, including women, and are thinking of women first as well, and giving them job opportunities, and just you know, just keeping them in thought. Um, being advocates for them, really, being, yeah. Because it's, you know, and I will, I will you know be the representative for the women uh, like we just we always have to work twice as hard you know like twice as hard and yet I feel like three times as hard because you're not only a woman but you're a woman of color exactly. too yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and you know I've, it's not like even when I do get placed into uh, women centered things you know I'm still the only Asian woman or mm-hmm. I'm still the only you know uh woman in hip-hop or you know and that's like i just get tiered into so many things um the first this and the first yeah, that yeah right? yeah was, was that the case at complex con Were you, was that the same thing because you performed there right um i did i did <laughs> i had a <laughs> complex con weekend was the hardest thing i've done thus far um after <laughs> This summer was uh, an intense summer but it was amazing mm-hmm. um so complex con i DJed, mm-hmm. I sang and danced, and then I also had a booth with my merch for the first time, and I also hand dyed my teas and my merch. Um, so yeah, it was a in within so complex con was two days. Yeah. Um, when then that Friday I did a I had a collab 
sneaker with um, Converse come out. So we had a party Friday night. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal though, because like yeah. like we were saying, not only female, but female um, like color. person of color, yeah. right? And you're also the only one in a male-dominated industry for music, hip hop, and yeah. I guess. At what point in your in this career were you like, oh shit, what I'm doing is actually changing lives? Like, people are actually feeling inspired by my work. At what point did you feel that, and then kind of took that in and like, I gotta do more? I don't, I don't know if it's fully hit me yet. Mm. I think I'm always just the, it's not enough. Work mm-hmm. harder, do more. It's not until I mean until it's like right, like until it's equal. I don't think I'm ever going to feel like I've you know really done my part. I just. Mm. You know, but um, recently a girl um, posted a video of her dancing to I Decided, and who is Filipina. Um, mm-hmm. And shout out to, honestly, I've never had Filipino support like I have now. I think it's, uh, even when I was a DJ, I, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, and I, I was... I remember being like, I'm waving this flag and like, I'm doing what I can, like, you know, what is it? And, you know, I've realized that with my music, um, with my own personal music, it's been a way for people to get closer to me and understand me and then have a better connection with me. Because like, you know, not all these, not Filipino people either work third shift, you know, work weekends, don't, they can't come to the club, they can't hear Mm -hmm. me play live, they can't be on Instagram all the time and understand what I'm doing or, you know, we're not in the same realm, but for them to be able to listen to my music wherever they are, wherever they go, um, that's been such like a, it's only been like a few months since I've dropped the project and I've just had so much love and response and, you know, specifically from the Filipino community. Mm. Um, But when you started out, I take it that wasn't the case, right? Not at all. I have a theory for that, actually. Um, just because I've been, I've been in this industry where I've gotten to know a lot of Filipino artists, mm-hmm. um, um, Apple Yap from Black Eyed Peas, mm-hmm. um, yeah. got to know his manager very well, and I've I've gotten to interview and meet a lot of these Filipino artists. Uh, but it also, it's also because sometimes, some, thinking about the Filip- Filipinos, I we're kind of bandwagoners, right? Uh, I'll give you an example, right? Um, so Apple Dia, for example, who are the who are like the most known Filipinos right now that you know of? Aside from Apple Dia, like full? Joe Coy, right? Joe Coy, um, Bruno Mars, right? He's half mm-hmm. Filipino. Um, Arnel Pineda, the lead singer of Journey. All of them now they they're catering to a Filipino audience, but. The thing about, and I think this is one of the negative things too about our community, aside from crab mentality, is that sometimes we don't support their own until they become everybody mainstream. That yeah. until everybody else does, wow, right? That's so true. So that's if wild. Bruno Mars, Apple D App, uh, Arnold Panetta, like if the if they all started in the Philippines and and did stuff there, they would have not made a name for themselves, right? Wow. Because they're even if they're hustling and grinding, we're the I don't know why. Maybe it's it goes back again to like that whole colonial mentality where, um, you know, if white people like it and they're being praised by by the mainstream, uh, then we'll like then it. We'll like it. Uh, then then we'll be like, oh yeah, they're Filipino. We're proud yeah, of them. Yeah. But when they're starting out, 
they they don't give a damn no. unfortunately yeah and it's sometimes like can i curse yeah and like some of my friends who are these like now mainstream they're like motherfucker where the hell were you when i started <laughs> out yeah. right like now that i'm now that i'm bigger now that everybody else is when I'm asking for your support in the beginning, you're like, no, I don't yeah. really, I'm not really gonna care about you. I'm not gonna give you my time of day. But then you become now that you know you're picked up on CNN or you're picked up on uh, you're you're actually like people outside of the Filipino community are make like uh, praising you for yeah. your talent and your creativity. Mm-hmm. That's all of a sudden when the I call it like the Filipino floodgates are like, oh my god, we're we're he's Filipino. We we're adopt like they're Filipino. Yeah. We're proud of them, right? But that's that's the issue in our communities. Well, there's a lot of issues in our community, but those those, those yeah. another issue is that um, we need to start supporting our 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 local artists mm-hmm. or like our artists from the very beginning, yeah. right? But again, the country is itself too. They don't. They're um, they they need always feel like they need to have that that international seal of of approval mm-hmm. before they actually support them. That's why even in the Philippines, there's no... And even... It's not just artists, right? It goes to the same for athletes. Yeah. That's why um, within the Philippines, you don't see a lot of funding geared towards that. Right? And that... I feel like that's something that needs to change. Mm. I do feel like it's... Um, that kind of like mentality though, right? Where it's like they're not with you until you actually make it. Yeah. It, it's across the board though, like for pretty much all Asians for the most part. Just because of like the fact that a lot of the you know like our parents right their generation when they came over here you know they're struggling right they're fighting and everything like that to make a life for us you know for the most part and they want you to have like a safe quote unquote safe and secure job of course and then when they see you going after like you know these dreams and aspirations they're like why are you going why, why are you doing something so yeah. stupid and so crazy right yeah. like you're not gonna be guaranteeing yourself any sort of yeah. you want to be a singer a dancer. Yeah. Be a nurse first. Right? <laughs> Go to nursing school. Yeah, yeah. Right? I wanted to do theater. Right? My yeah. mom was a theater teacher, but my parents were like, no, go to nursing school, get a nursing degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, why are you doing this community work? Asian American community work? No, get a nursing degree. Yeah. Exactly. But that's all they know. Like, it's that's all they safe. know. And I don't blame them because they want the best for you, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to see you struggle. That's yeah. why they want that. But at the same time, we need to. Sh- I feel like the more we have Asian American representation, mm-hmm. the more they see, like, oh shit. You can actually there. You can actually become an Asian American, you know, artist. You can actually become an Asian American, you know, um, actor. You know, yeah. DJ, music producer, performer, yeah. dancer. I agree. It's 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 so possible, but it's maybe that's maybe that's why, right? Like, it the support doesn't happen until everybody else does because they just don't know how, right? Mm-hmm. It's they're just so small minded that to think outside of that. Right, my dad still doesn't know what I do. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. I was gonna say, how is that like with your parents? Like, are, well, my mom. I mean, my mom has always been supportive. This is she's always been, you know. Right. Yeah. What, what she had to unconventionally find a way for herself, you know, and she believed in her dream and her talent and her career. So she was very, very supportive of um, us. My dad, on the other hand, you know, I I went to school. I have a I have a BA in, in fashion merchandising. Okay. Um, and graduated by twenty. Mm-hmm. I was twenty with a BA, and yes. you know, what I was a child, like yeah, you know. That's wild. But after that, my dad, like literally, like two weeks after, my dad was like, "So you're gonna go to nursing school now?" And I was like, "What? No, I just fucking went to school for <laughs> yeah. twenty years straight. Like, yeah. hell no." But you know, 
me and my dad have had um, a better relationship now because he he just wanted the best for me. And I, and I understand, like, you know, like our parents struggled and mm-hmm. they just didn't want us to struggle, you know, and to have for us to have a better life. And I get it. And I understand, like, you know, I'm not a parent yet. So I had to like, put myself in my dad's shoes. And, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, I just... I, I don't understand, he's like, but I see that you're doing well and that you're happy and that's all I could ever want as a dad, you know? So we've had these, like, you know, beneficial conversations to where I can understand where he's coming from and where, you know, he, he doesn't understand what I do, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't understand that I'm happy and that I'm well and that I'm secure and, you know, I have something to show for what I'm doing okay. so you know that just makes him proud but that's why I think maybe it's like that because they just don't know you mm. know they don't know so unless I'm able to give them something tangible that they can understand that's when the support comes mm. if you see me which will happen I'm going to be on TV I'm going to be in mainstream on the radio well I'm on local radio but like on national radio like I want to to break that another cycle where it's like Asian people can be stars you know we don't Mm -hmm. have to you know like Korean people made their own music because they knew that that was the smartest way to do it like K-pop is genius to me you know what I (laughs) I mean it's mind-boggling but if you look back into it it's because also the Korean government invested into it right Right. the government put millions of dollars into investing into that right whereas you don't really see that in other but you look how much of a success it is right just to to be just to sidetrack I just saw recently that there is even like a K-pop all Filipino boy band there is yeah Yeah. like it it was on Next Shark yeah, oh, so they I went to go, they yeah. like these Korea because that's like the K-pop is a business for yes. the Korean absolutely yeah. for for the yeah. country right so they there's a large Korean community in, in the Philippines now and also the Philippines consumes a lot of K-pop K-pop mm. so that's what they true. did was they did a whole search and and got these Filipinos to come to Korea to like train oh to train to become K-pop stars. Mm. And 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 now sent them back to the Philippines, and so now they're like an all Filipino K-pop group. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. in the Philippines. In the Philippines. That's phenomenal. That's amazing. Right? They're managed yeah. by Korean, like they're managed by Korean, like um, company. company agency. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Asian people crazy. link up. Yeah. I right? love it. See, that's like like it's new. I don't know that right. That's like another big shift, right? Now you have these two completely like opposite entities, right? Where they have two different ideals. And now they're kind of like connecting and trying to bridge these communities together, right? From the Phil- from uh, the Philippines to like um, Korea and then vice versa, right? But at the same time, it's pretty wild, right? That they kind of, Korea itself, right? Invested in this group, right? And just had them come over to Korea, uh, Korea and then train mm-hmm. and have them call back. Mm-hmm. If you think about it though, it's, 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 a, it's strategic. It's a money yeah, it maker, is, it is, right? It is. Um, so Marie, before we you briefly went over your how your parents felt about your career, but th- that was a perfect segue to um, the questions that the audiences sent in. Okay. So one of the questions, shout out to Dana, she asked, "Growing up as a Filipino American woman, did your parents guide you into become a nurse or somewhere in, in along the medical field? Right? If so, um, now that you are on your way to a successful career path, has this changed your parents' views at all?" 
Yeah. Um, I've never, I'm like scared of seeing blood. Like, you know, I think, <laughs> and both of my parents are not in the medical field. My dad's mm-hmm. a computer engineer um, who wanted to be an architect. So my dad was, you know, very creative. Um, growing up, he always drew. I, you know, I, I think I get a lot of my like, this kind of artistic abilities from my dad and you know and then obviously like the musical side from mm-hmm. my mom so um no they never pushed the medical field upon me my dad only when i was older in my college like college years just because that was the safest thing to do of course you know mm-hmm. my all of his sisters like all of my aunts are nurses all mm-hmm. of my best friends are nurses like i'm filipino or nurses you know there, i feel like there's like um like each of us like um subsects of like asian um communities like we have like a special oh yeah you have Vietnamese <laughs> with their nail salons yeah. Koreans with their laundromats you know, filipinos you know, the nurses chinese with their uh, restaurants yeah. yeah restaurants it's wild you know so that's why it was like that was the safest choice um and i mean yeah, I, my mom was my mom was at my show, uh, and you know there was a there was a, a part of the show where like you know I kind of I brought her on stage and you know kind of just had to explain a little bit of you know why it was important for me to carry on this legacy because my mom is you know one of thirteen children mm-hmm. is the only one who made it to the U.S. by doing what she loved. Wow, she was a single mother raising three children, and she did it very well you know what I mean to this day my mom is still singing my mom still works um full-time you know it, and she's 68 you know and that's amazing to me like that's still amazing. sometimes I'm just like I'm so used to my mom that I'm just like lady will you sit down like you know what I mean like <laughs> um but you know that's that's also where I get it from so I think when I brought her on stage I you know, I, I made sure I did like, you know, all my all my Filipinx make some noise and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it was loud. My boyfriend told me he was like, Yeah, it was like you didn't see how many I'm like, No, I didn't walk through the crowd. I'm like, it's hard to see people yeah. Yeah. from the stage, you know, and he's like, It was like sixty percent Asian in there and I was like, wow. That's wild. Yeah, That's I, awesome. I mean I never yeah, I never would have thought so. Um and then, you know, when I had my mom still on stage, I was like if your mom, if your parents were not born in America, make some noise, and it's just like it was like even three times louder. And you know, I think, you know, where I know that my parents are proud of me. You know that that just that makes mm-hmm. me um, extremely happy. And I think also just very, it's it's the reassurance that I needed. You know, because I fought it for so long. You know, my. My parents and my family and my best friends have seen me struggle. I've been a struggling, <laughs> you know, the starving artist, you know. And, yeah. um, so the fact that my my family and my parents understand and see me doing well and trust that this is what I'm supposed to do makes me believe it even more. I have a question about that, like that yeah. whole struggle, because sometimes that's something that, you know, as artists you have to embrace, but... How, where was that tipping point where you were able to because you know so many people just struggle 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 but now you've been able to kind of go to that tipping point where you're actually you've actually got it known you're getting brand like you're getting sponsorships from uh 
uh, from like you're doing collab with Converse. I heard about you actually through Instagram when uh, there was a tequila, mm. um, tequila, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Heradura was doing like a sponsored post and I, it popped up and I was looking at it and then all of a sudden I was like, yo, that girl's Filipino. She's gotta be <laughs> Filipino. This is the first time I've seen a Filipino on a yeah. tequila yeah. sponsored post. Who is this person? Yeah. Then I Googled you and then I'm like, holy shit, she is Filipino. Yeah. That's not, Then I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Right? But mm-hmm. how does... Like, what was that journey like for you where, when did you know that you're like, oh my God, like, I actually, I actually am like, able to make this a career? I mean, honestly, the the success of it all, or like, you know, what people are seeing is all very recent. You know, I've been doing music for the last 10 years. And so, you know, it's taken, I've lived in New York, I've also lived in LA, and I found myself back home and, you know, I've done everything. I've done everything to try and make money and well, not everything. Hold on. But <laughs> I've worked over 30 jobs and you know what I mean? Like I've found my my way along the way and I think that's also part of it, right? The journey is is what the most important part is. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the thing that everyone is seeing now, it's like I'm so grateful. Like every every post I have is usually a thank you and full of gratitude and just because it's like yeah like two years ago I just had bags and I was on the train and on the bus and sleeping on my friends couches and sleeping on floors and you know but never never I mean so many times doubtful doubtful of like it actually happening you know but just never not giving up on what this looked like I saw this you know I saw I envisioned what this would be for myself and what I wanted for myself and you know like I knew that God didn't give me talents to just waste, you know, for mm-hmm. me to go to school again and try and get a job that would pay me decently so I could live a decent life. Like, I don't want decent. I want the best for myself and for everyone around me, you know. So it, it took a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, there one point, what, was, was there one point in life or one event or um, that was kind of like more of the tipping point that, that actually because you said it's it really it's only picked up within the past two years like um you know what was like that big break for you the big break to make me go harder or the big break that it worked either um or both or both (laughs) i when i said i slept on the floor there was one a few yeah like two years ago where i came back home and I found myself sleeping on a hardwood floor and was like, who would let me? Like, who loves me? Who? How am I in under a roof with around people that say that they're my friends? You know, like, I'm on the floor. Like, you know, I'm like, no. Like, I'm a woman. Um, I'm grown. How, you know? And I think it was that for me to be like, I can't do this. I can't. I can't have this be it for mm-hmm. me, you know, and, and and I've been on tour and, you know, like where I had like 98 cents in my bank account and had an app, could only buy an apple and a water at the gas station for like, a, you know, a 48 hour span. And, you know, I've, I've been humbled many times in my life and in my career, but I think it's because I wouldn't have appreciated it how I am now. And so I think everything happens the way it's supposed to, you know. So I think I went through those things. Like, there's been many, like, 
hardship times. Um, but really, the the time that so my last post um, was two pictures from my show and my dream as a little girl was to always be on stage and have the crowd singing my lyrics with me and back to me and it just happened so my first headlining show at Shuba's the crowd like knew my lyrics so it's like you know you're on stage so it's like you know disconnect because you know acoustic like the sounds like but when I was reposting everybody's stories that you know they were singing with me men women I could from the stage I could see you know people that knew word for word and honestly that's that's all I've ever dreamt of you know like so now that I've achieved the only dream that I've ever had as a, a a little girl I'm like now just like kind of yeah I haven't that hasn't settled yet I mean it's it's mm-hmm. been like maybe a week and a half you know a little under two weeks since that's happened and I just you know I, for me it's 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 really hard for me to be like you know what I mean? I'm just like, okay, we've done that. Next, next. you know, so, so we're gonna take it to the next level. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. exactly. So yeah, I mean, I got to go um, to Jamaica last week, and mm. so like, you know, there was a lot of reflecting and just soaking, soaking in, and so mm. like, you know, understanding that 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 I've come to the point in my career where it's uh, where my dream and my career have matched. You know, it's now it's like just making new dreams. Yeah. You mentioned your lyrics, right? And we did have a question from uh, somebody about her lyrics. Yes, so shout out to Joe. He said, what inspired the track I decided? Um, love the EP prelude, by the way. Thanks, Joe. Um, so I decided is a self-love anthem. Mm. Um, I didn't, you know what's crazy? I didn't, uh, for me when I write music, it's, it's more like, I just I just say how I feel to the beat um, with uh, my li- I call him my little brother Matt who's also Filipino so I decided it's also produced by him and engineered by him so shout out to Filipino musical artists um, yeah. there you go so what inspired I decided was uh, my sobriety so I am sober as of January 1st 2019 so it's coming up on nine months almost nine months of being sober Um, so it was more of like it was rough it was it was rough the first couple months were really hard Um, not just like because I didn't have alcohol but because it was like you know, it was like changing what I was used to. You know, I'm a DJ. I work in the nightlife. It's so easy. It's free. It's mm-hmm. all the time. It's how I get paid sometimes or whatever. So, you know, and also just like being around people that drink and like trying to not feel like a lame or that I'm, you know. So I decided it really just came like like the, the I think I decided was just on repeat that part was on repeat and then I went to the studio then the next day I was at home when I heard that and um the next day I went to the studio and just kind of like was like no like I'm drawing the line in the sand of what I want and I know what I have to do to get there and 
if it's cutting this part out, then I'm okay with that, whatever it's going to take. So I think that's more or less what I decided to start it to be. Um, I didn't know it was going to end up being that, but it was like, yeah, like, you know, it didn't, uh, I think I decided you're not for me no more. The love that I provided wasn't meant to be yours. So however anyone wanted to interpret that, you know, whether it was like a bad relationship, anything that's toxic from your life, you know, it's like you can decide what doesn't serve you anymore or, you know, what isn't like supposed to be for you because you're the only one who can do that right mm -hmm. so um yeah that's that's what inspired i decided also the what i was trying uh, i didn't get a chance to say it earlier but the girl who um last gave me a video i think her name is jesse sorry if i messed that up but she just posted a few days ago and she in the caption put fun fact the first time i heard the song i cried because I was having a really hard day um, and harboring a lot of feelings um, at work, but it allowed me to, something like, you know, it just made her feel like she can like get her power back. Mm. And you know, she's like, growth, hashtag growth. Dang, um, shout out to her. Yeah, and it was, and it like- Keep growing. Yeah, and I commented, I was like, man sis, like, I'm here to keep growing and glowing with you, you know? And like, mm. that's honestly like what, makes me proud of what I do and like want to keep doing it because it's like if I that's why I'm like if I can give you me that's why I'm like I think you know Filipinos just they want to hear music like they they love karaoke that's they love being that. able to sing we're we're kings of karaoke. Karaoke. Yeah, like to <laughs> we will kill dance. over karaoke that's oh, how much God. we love Jesus. it so yeah I think it's that being able to connect with them in that way yeah, and okay. have them feel the same it's yeah it's been very powerful okay and then um, I think you know her, Nookie. Yeah. yeah she mm. asks, um, what motivates you to keep going and what is your life goal? So Nookie is like a big sis to me, you guys. I've known her. Nookie um, from High Bayo. Nookie. Yep. Yeah. Shout out oh, to Nookie. Nookie and shout out to High Bayo. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she's known me almost 75% of my life. Her little wow. brother is a, a, a very close friend as well. So one more time it just made me happy to hear her name Nookie no the question that name makes her happy yeah, too yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn okay um, what motivates you to keep going and what is your life goal um, what motivates me to keep going is honestly I mean family of course but like specifically the children in my life mm -hmm. um Seeing them, it's amazing. My oldest niece is eight now. Oh my God. Um, wow. She will be eight. Time flies. At the end of October. And um, yesterday, my best friends just asked me to be a Ninang. Oh. Um, Which is godmother. Which is yep. godmother. godmother. Okay. So I, I, they gave I caught me, that one. Yeah. <laughs> gave me the honor <laughs> of being um, a godmother again. And, you know, honestly, it's like, A, the fact that the people in, in my life, you know, trust me enough to, like, look after their children, God forbid anything happens to them. It's just, like, an honor, and, you know, it just makes, it makes me want to do so much more for them. Like, when I'm not King Marie, I mean, I'm King Marie every day, but when I'm around my family, I'm just Christine, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what makes me 
fulfilled of being able to just be Tita or Nina and, you know, just being able to, like, roll around and, you know, play, whatever. Um, And so that's really what my motivating factor is, you know, being able to, you know, see what my mom is capable of still, you know, into well into her 70s now. Near 70s is like... I'm not even halfway there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, yeah. Um, and because, like, they, how these how these kids look at me. But it's like, that's just, mm-hmm. so that's my side of the family, but then, like, my boyfriend's nieces and nephews are a little bit older, so they are, like, my fans. Like, mm-hmm. they are my biggest fans. They sing my lyrics. They, they play the song. They play I Decided all the time. Wow. Um, and it's, amazing you know it's amazing to me that I have these these little people in my life that support me so much you know whether I'm King Marie a singer or just you know a regular aunt like Mm. they just look up to me and and that really just makes me um continue to do what I do we actually didn't yeah get to know get to that portion actually Mm -hmm. we've always wanted to know how how'd you come up with the name my sister actually by the way Selena was gonna ask is asking you that question okay she listens to your music I was like what you know her Um, hey girl thanks for listening yeah um why the name why the name King Marie yeah so King Marie came about so Christine Marie is my full first name very Filipino to have Christine is such a Filipino name yeah. and then sometimes they give names like Tintin as yes. like a nickname so oh. that's my that's my nickname Tintin or Christine uh, Tintin Tintin yeah. ah, I knew it yeah. see it's so I mean, no, there's, yeah you can't you, yeah. there's no way you can be Filipino no, without well, Tintin yeah. but so like growing up so like Nuki and Alan know me as Tin Rock Tin oh. like Tin by itself my closest friends call me Tin um, very Filipino yeah. just Filipino thing um, but then I spelled it with a Y instead of an I because I had to be different. Yeah. So, you know. Um, King Marie came about. So Christine Marie, full first name, when I moved to New York. So funny stories. I've always sang. Sang first. Put out an EP first. Always wanted to be a singer. Um, in Like around the time I graduated college, I just like was over it. I was just bartending. I was working at Nike. I was, you know, just kind of like everything was just at a standstill here and I wanted more. Moved to New York City. What everyone does when, <laughs> you know, they want to have their dreams come true. Um, and so shortly after, I realized that it was really expensive and had to, you know, work real jobs and, you know, uh, had to kind of put the music on hold because I didn't have free studio time. I didn't have etc. So I picked up DJing because I knew I was going to get for sure money if I kept at that, you know, if I just played X amount, I would get X amount. It was, you know, guaranteed. Um, So when I started DJing is when I named myself King Marie. And I think um, I've learned that later on, it was subconscious that I was, you know, naming myself King instead of Queen. I didn't know what it was going to do for me. I just like, was like, well, why not? You know, mm-hmm. like why can't I? Why can't I be a king? I'm a queen already. Like I'm a, which is, king is the lyrics in in king. You know, it's like, I, I already know I'm a queen. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you why they call me king. You know what I mean? Like so that was definitely subconscious of you know me. But I always want to break stereotypes. I always want to you know push the the thought process of why not and who said like. Mm you like because why you know who are you right exactly Mm -hmm. so that's um that's how i i I chose king marie um 
but you know to also expand on like you know I'm a tomboy but I, I, I identify as straight you know but I don't need to tell you that you know like I don't need to prove to you anything but me being who I am is proof enough of why you shouldn't have to question me you know I got I got all the way up until now you know not often but you know why not Queen Marie or you know I had a comment on my profile uh from from someone in Jamaica I don't I didn't even post while I was in Jamaica but I guess um they found me somehow and was like oh, were you a transvestite? Like, did you change your name, you know, when you got the, yeah. So, but then I was like, it's another country. Like, I'm sure there's no woman calling themselves king here, you know? So, you know, I just have to, I just try and keep my mind open in regards to, you know, what comes. Instead of being too reactive. Yeah, just be good. I mean, at this point, you know, like there's, there's, like I said, like, you know, I've kind of just like, even just like grew raised the the outside of what I've had to go through you know as a struggling artist but there's really nothing that can that can break me at this point you know like I'm I'm fully aware of who I am and what I stand for so that's all that really matters mm-hmm. um to the listeners who don't know Christine has a lot of tattoos right and <laughs> so... one of the questions <laughs> shout out to Bea she says actually she says her sister for her name made some of your earrings Oh yeah, Gretchen. Yes. She yes yeah, she introduced me at uh, introduced herself to me at my show. Yeah. And she was like, my sister's Gretchen, brown girls. And I was like, oh my god, you look just like yeah. her. I gave her a big hug. That's awesome. Shout out to Gretchen. Hey girl. Um, so she said, which tattoos of yours do you consider the most significant and why? Um, definitely my batok on my chest. Um, can't see it right now, but this. This was the mo- also the most painful and took the longest to heal. Um, there's we could have a whole segment on my experience getting batok. Like it's uh, for those of you who know the batok. That's like the traditional <laughs> yes. Filipino oh. tattoo where it's like a needle. Hand po- it's yeah, hand. hand um, it's, hand it's hammered. like hammered. Yeah, it's like into hand, you. it's like hand hammered. A hand hammered yeah. tattoo. Uh, and then and people also need. Mm, it's very painful. Yeah. So more people need to be present to push the skin down and then mm-hmm. spread it, mm. um, while the tattooer is the mm. one who. Did you get it done in the Philippines? I got it done here. Um, it's actually really rare to get those done in the states, just because of like. Um, There's only a limited codes. amount of yeah. people who can who, do that. Who do it yeah. in general? Yeah. yeah. Um, so shout out to Manong Lane, um, and Ada Natalia from Filipino Kitchen, um, who, yes. Who is also you know like they they've also been very like new of into my Filipino community and like you know having answers of of questions mm-hmm. of historical questions that I that I've had, um, but yes my my batok is very significant so everyone has different batok and the person who is um, tattooing you um, also has to know where where exactly your family is from in the Philippines, um, what you do for a living, um, you... Like they know you need to know your family history. Yeah. So Batok, yeah. is this the method of tattooing? Yes. yes. So then what? what is the, the picture or artwork that's on? So he has to meditate on it. Right. Um, okay. So by knowing my family history, the designs, the, the designs... Um, um, the designs are based on what 
he envisions for you. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so they're all different. Um, so it's uh, it's a lot to ex- like. That's why I'm like it's a lot to explain. Gotcha, but gotcha. it's also ceremonial. You feed the people mm. that are there to help with the mm-hmm. tattoo process. Um, you bring food. You set a a, a plate to serve as an altar to your yeah. ancestors that have passed. Right. One of my my great great Lola mm-hmm. was present. So I didn't, you know, I knew that we had to like honor our ancestors. I didn't know that my ancestors would pull up and be present and like, be watching like, me oh, get tattooed. So and yeah. So I mean it was really deep, but yes, my my chest tattoo is um also the most visible. Um it's usually mm-hmm. not yeah. hiding. Um so it's always the most visible and the bottom, these are alligator teeth so mm-hmm. if like in back in the day if like um someone on the opposing side would see that they they would know not to mess with me because i was protected and if they were to hurt me then they their them and their entire family would be like dang damned yeah, yeah so that's crazy and also in filipino mm-hmm. culture women are the ones who um are given the tattoos and men had to earn them by headhunting. Okay. Oh. So yeah, okay. that's also part of it. What was the second part of the question? Um. Oh. It was just why. What, oh, and tattoo? also, yeah. and then my hands. So mm-hmm. my hand tattoos are also the most important. You mind showing them the? Uh yeah. So wow. my hand, my knuckles say "Swim Good," um, which is my favorite Frank Ocean song. Mm. Um, and all of my hand tattoos are towards me. They're not, usually people get them so that other people can read them, but I always wanted them to be for me. Um, The E is for Eric, which is uh, my boyfriend and my partner. Pray, to always remind myself to pray. Uh, Also, Swim Good, the song, it's also like the only song that you can interpret to be a happy or a sad song. Frank Ocean is also one of my favorite artists just because he has that. I don't know anybody else who could do that. Um, and to, you know, continuously keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pray to always, as a, always a reminder to, whew, I would not be here without prayers. So, you know, that's just an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. The rose um, was for my stepfather that passed away. And the dragon is the newest addition. Um, and it'll also wrap around. But, yeah, these are my hands. Ooh. My hands are also. Uh, oh, that's is a, that dog. a dog. That's, that's a dog. Marley. That's the office dog. Oh, so we have um, the office dog Marley is trying to get in right now. Oh, okay. Sorry, Marley. Oh, Sorry, buddy. Oh, <laughs> you gotta hear him. <laughs> yeah. um, real Sorry. quick. Okay, yeah. We, yeah, we'll Sorry. we'll wrap it up real quick. Um, last question. Shout out to Marco. Describe your growth process and what surprised you the most. Oh, it's a, it's a continuous... Sorry, Marley. Um, it's a continuous growth pro- process. Honestly, I at this point, I, I just con- I just, I'm still growing um, and surprising myself every day. I think um, now that I've had time to kind of like rest and recuperate after a, a very intense summer, um, I also celebrated a birthday at the end of August, so it was like kind of just like my new my new life and what I want for myself this year and so forth it's it's more just being able to focus internally um, and to do for self 
um, like my version of self-care isn't you know I mean it's nice it's nice to get massages and like you know get my nails done that's always nice it is it's nice Um, but self-care is like for me is all internal growth Um, so yeah I mean I'm never gonna stop growing I'm never gonna stop learning I wanna go to school uh, to learn Photoshop I wanna learn how to play the drums and I wanna learn how to speak Tagalog and yeah there you that's, go. Keep that's learning. kind of all, Keep growing. Yep. all within the next year for plans for me awesome so before we officially end um, what is the one thing that you would leave our listeners and the people that are viewing us in this episode um, to spread love to always lead with love um, no matter what you do um To put Asian people on onto the world because we are we are great people and we are spectacular and amazing um, and we deserve it. Mm. We do. Um, and yo, know, be good to one another, man. Yeah. Be a good person. That's right. Just do to others how you would want to be done to you, and honestly, it's it will get us a lot further than mm. where we are. I agree. Awesome. And one more question before we wrap up, like, is, um, where can people find you next? Like, what's, what's, what's up? What do you have upcoming? And, um, where do people follow you and such? Yeah. Um, all platforms except Twitter, uh, is at King Marie. Twitter is at DJ King Marie, uh, to King Marie on Twitter. Whenever you're ready to give that up, Mm -hmm. I'm ready. (laughs) So it can all be neutral. Uh, kingmarie.com kingmarie.com slash merch if you want to cop some kingdom teas um, I throw a party in the city called kingdom um, that's bi-monthly as of right now if you're in New York um, I try and do every other month also in New York City um, I'm there's shows popping up there's uh, Philippine X is next month um, there's always something going on in the world of King Marie. Um, I'm always doing like guest spots on different nights. I'm opening for J-Rock on Friday for all my hip-hop heads. Um, there you go. There's a lot going on. So best way to do it is to follow me at King Marie. I post everything that I'm doing. Um, yeah. For sure. Awesome. And then Lockie. Chicago Asian Network, any other plugs? Yes. Uh, well, this event, oh, this podcast and video would not be possible without uh, Urban Convene. Uh, they, uh, Chicago Asian Network is housed here in Urban Convene, and it is uh, the only and first community co-working space in the Westridge area. So we really appreciate Susan from Urban Convene for having us here. Um, check them out. They rent their space out to the community at a significantly discounted rate because it is for the community. Um, it's a full service event space, but they also have office spaces here too. Um, we also um, wanted to, to thank the people who supported Chicago Asian Network. We definitely wanted to thank our boy Johnny uh, for running the camera. Um, my guy from the shy. He runs some of our social media for Chicago Asian Network. Um, Also, if you guys want to know more interesting stories or really get connected with the Chicago Asian American community, just check us out Um, on Instagram. It's Shy Asian Network, C-H-I Asian Network, or website ChicagoAsianNetwork.com. 
and you'll find all the information there. And one more plug is that the Steppenwolf Theater is doing a show on uh, called The Great Leap about basketball and the Tiananmen Square oh, massacre. Wow. And their uh, lead uh, actor is Filipino American. Let's go. So definitely check them out. Steppenwolf Theater. Um, and, and thank you again, EatingCast, for doing this collab. And I hope we get to do more collabs with other Absolutely. awesome Asian Americans. Yes. Absolutely. Last plug. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, Please, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's still recent, so I forget to do this. Listen to the Prelude mm. out now on all streaming networks: Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, all of the above. We're gonna put the link in the podcast. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the video. Look out for that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, last but not least, too, for the Eating Cast, if you haven't already, hit us up on Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at the Eating Cast. The T H E eating E A T I N G cast. And thank you for dining with us. Thank, thank you. you for listening. Yeah. Thank you for coming, everyone. Thank you guys so much for doing this and for having us. Appreciate it. Um, thank you guys Yay. for having us. All right. Yeah. Peace. Take care. Out. And we'll see you at the next one.